I've always been interested in biographies and the stories of people's lives. In 10th grade, I read over 30 books of the Kennedy family, not out of obsession, but deep fascination of their commitment to public service. I read so many biographies that I've lost count, and I must say, I get this from my mother. She's always reading biographies. I'm Ali Porti, a fashion journalist and editor of Zayla Magazine. I invite you to sit in on some of my conversations with some pretty inspiring people from around the world on topics of fashion, entertainment, music, and entrepreneurship. Basically, these are conversations from the soulful side of life about topics that will hopefully inspire your life in some way. This is the soulful side of life. Jay Bantam is a persistent and passionate 25-year-old entrepreneur, award-winning filmmaker, speaker, and writer who works incredibly hard at being the best, authentic, honest, loving, kind, and excellent version of himself daily. And he's the founder and host of The Storybox, a top four podcast in 2001. I had the privilege a few weeks ago to chat with Jay, and he has such um, an inspiring story of how one relationship uh, of being torn down uh, mentally and uh, verbally led him into depression, but um, with hard work and the want to, uh, was able to come out of depression, and now he, in a way, is a, uh, a speaker and encourager uh, to people on this topic. Uh, we also talked about faith and uh, his new book, The Path of an Eagle, that just came out. Um, in addition to everything that Jay has accomplished, um, he and the story box has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Yahoo, The Morning Show Canada, The Today Show, NBC, Fox, CBS, and Market Watch, and that's just naming a few. Uh, and since the beginning of the inception of the story box in November 2019, Jay has had the privilege of unboxing the stories of more than 700 high-profiled world-class leaders from every field, which include actor Matthew McConaughey, Tony Robbins, Justin Baldoni, Mark Manson, uh, Christian rapper Lecrae, Robert Greene, Mel Gibbons, May Musk, I mean just so many people um, of, of great influence. Uh, he lives in sunny coast in Queensland, in the sunny coast of Queensland, Australia, and he's just doing some really great things. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode with Jay Phantom. You're a very busy lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's lots of fun and getting to meet fascinating people, so... I can imagine. I mean, you get to travel all over the world with your job. I mean, yeah. I'm stuck here in Queensland. So although well, I am traveling down to Sydney 
which is where I grew up. So on on Sunday, so that should be that should be nice. That, <laughs> nice that little... will be nice. But yeah. maybe get to like come over to the U.S. sometime and give motivational talks. And do you have a tour <laughs> planned with your book? Um, I did, but then it sort of got squashed because I have to record the audio book uh-huh. uh, now where they left it to pretty much the last minute. So I'm basically having to reschedule everything, but I am coming to the US at some point uh, when my schedule opens up a little bit more. So I think it might be towards the end of this year, maybe, or even the beginning of next year. Okay. Um, but when I have less on my plate, then I will pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's analogy to to come over. But I want to see I want to see this book in in the shelves and because uh, it is coming out in America. So um, yeah, that should be that should be pretty exciting uh, yeah. for an Australian to to see his very first book on American shelves. So yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I have some questions for you, and you kind of touched on a question that uh, the statement you just made. Why is it that Australians, it seems to me, uh, dream to have their products sold in America? Well, I think we're being told that, you know, America is the biggest market for mm-hmm. opportunity when it comes to books. So I think if you wanted to, quote, make it uh, in in the in the world of being an author, I think you've sort of got to launch your book in the biggest market. And mm-hmm. it's quite a challenge for an Australian to start his author career, I guess, in the biggest market. Uh, normally you would start in Australia uh, first and then see how the book goes in Australia and then try and launch it in America. Uh, I believe that's a more conventional way of doing things, but I like doing things in a very unconventional way, uh, which has been sort of like the, the the course of my life, the theme of my life, I should say, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, so I guess for for an Aussie, I, they see it as a as a massive opportunity. Uh, oh, I do at least, um, and I also see it as somewhat of a nerve wracking opportunity as well because of my my age experience and uh, hoping and praying that people will actually resonate with the message and uh, the stories that are in the book. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, Okay. So could you start talking a little bit about your life story and then the, the depression and the anxiety and how all of that came to be? Yeah, sure. Um, So my life story is quite long, but I'll try and keep it, uh condensed and so I, I grew up in a conservative Christian household. I was born uh pretty much uh with kidney reflux and scar tissue on, on my kidneys. Uh and we we basically were raised in a good home with good values, good morals, good ethics, those sorts of things. Uh hard work uh being one of them. Um I was basically given everything that I needed, didn't really go without, although we live, we uh, were in a sort of lower middle-class home, like the, the very bottom of, of that. Um, in school, I wasn't great uh, with any subject. I pretty much struggled, uh, but I loved the, the creative writing part of English, right? So uh, mixed with 
being in school, I was also bullied uh, quite a quite a bit. I went through my first stage of depression, anxiety, and uh, panic attacks when I was 14, 15, and then at the age of 17, um, which came about as a result of uh, a woman uh, that I was seeing at the time mm. as a young young person. You're still trying to sort of develop uh, your brain at that at that age. Uh, you're still trying to form ideas of the world. And I didn't really know or understand the world of mental health at that age. And I was just becoming familiar with it. And I, I guess I was sort of thrust into that world. Um, and I, the, the woman that I was dating was rather, it was quite abusive emotionally and, and mentally. Um, and there were times where we, we would be Skyping and then she would uh, be cutting herself on, on the actual the Skype. And I had no idea what I was doing. I, all I wanted to do was try and help this girl, but I couldn't. And she made it seem like her dad was a police officer. So she made it seem like that if she died, then I would be to blame. So there would be this genuine fear of mine that I would get arrested, my life would be over if I didn't bow to her will. Um, and there was many, many occasions where that happened. So as a result of all that going on, I ended up becoming uh, miserable and, and depressed. I ended up seeing a psychologist, a, a lovely lady by the name of Lynn, and she really helped me understand that it wasn't my fault. It wasn't a, really anything to do with me. It had everything to do with her and her own issues, and I needed to separate that and focus on my own mental health uh, issues at the time. And uh, I was also uh, suicidal. I had suicidal ideation too because I just didn't want to deal with anything anymore. Um and I guess it was also another way for me to, at that stage, to cry out for for help because, mm. I, yeah, I was just crying out to all the wrong people and in all the wrong places, and um, it wasn't wasn't good. Uh, so it it finally culminated in in me making the choice one day after everything just transpired, and I, I talk about what actually happened in the book, so people can go and have a have a read of that. But uh, it's quite quite an emotional time and eventually I just said to myself you know why am I giving over everything to this to this girl I, I'd given her everything she'd given me literally nothing but hell and and grief mm -hmm. and um it just wasn't wasn't a good scenario so I finally took the control back and I let go of the shame and I was no longer depressed mm -hmm. um I made sure of that and went back to see Lynn who basically said that it undiagnosed me. She said, yeah, you, you're good. Uh, and then as life would have it, you know, life goes on and um, you, you get your own career and you just move, move forward. Uh, and then things happen again. Uh, and, and my life sort of spiraled once more in 2019 some crazy things happened uh, to me and then I ended up going through depression and anxiety and panic attacks again um, in 2019, although no one really knew 
what was going on with me because I just bottled everything down inside. Uh, I didn't want anyone to know what was going on with me and I thought I could just, you know, deal with it all on my own, mm. um, which is never a good thing. So I suffered in silence for a very, very long time and as a result that led to a suicide attempt uh, which I say that God miraculously intervened and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Mm. Um, and then my life sort of started to go down a very different path and I ended up on on the path of an eagle, uh, mm. which I am currently living on. So hopefully, in in short, that answered your question. Yes, it does. And, um, you know, as Christians, we're told that there's nothing that the blood of Jesus can't heal or you know fix how do you think it is that we can then find ourselves in moments of depression especially when we know the word we know the power of the blood of christ yeah well god never said that we won't go through struggles he never said that we won't go through pain which then leads to us suffering which then leads to all kinds of mental health issues. And I think even as Christians, it's not just having Christ is going to fix your mental health issues. It is part of the equation. And there's many other aspects to that that we need to implement. So it, Christians still struggle. I mean, David struggled in the Bible. There's countless people in the Bible that struggled and wrestled with their mental health issues. They just don't say, oh, I struggle with depression. But there's lamenting. There's all these aspects. I mean, King Solomon, even mm-hmm. you, you look at countless people in the Bible that really, really wrestled with this this topic. Paul, and they Paul, cried, even. All, yeah. yes, so many people, and they cried out to God all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there were also other aspects that they needed to implement in their own life, and I don't know what they looked like back then. Uh, we can't go back in and mm-hmm. ask that. I wish we could. But I think in today's day and age, we have uh, therapists, we have psychologists, and I think there is definitely a powerful element to uh, having faith intertwined with elements of psychology. Mm-hmm. And the human mind is such a powerful, powerful medium. There's still so many things that we are yet to understand about it. And especially with mental health, we've got to guard our minds on a daily basis. Mm. Um, and I, I love how, even though God says that we're not, we He doesn't uh, promise we won't go through all these. He promises us that He will be through, be with us through it all. Yeah. And that comforts my soul and it comforts my spirit, knowing that I've got an Almighty and all powerful God beside me as I'm dealing with these issues mm-hmm. and he gives us free will. He gives us liberty to choose how long we want to suffer for. And we can choose at any moment to give that over to God to say, look, Lord, I've had enough of this. I need you to take, take the reins. And I'm going to also implement all these other strategies. So exercise, he's given me the ability to run. He's given me the ability to, to read, to, meditate to do all these aspects that we often take for granted i mean getting out in nature is another perfect example grounding our feet mm-hmm. in in his creation is it all helps mm-hmm. and also going and seeing a professional too mm-hmm. speaking getting mm-hmm. it out 
not mm. suffering in silence. It, it many like that's what King David did. He he poured out his heart to God. He mm. also probably poured out his heart to all his friends. Mm. Um, you look at Job. I mean, even even though Job went through all that crazy stuff, he never cursed God, mm. but he always spoke with his friends. Yeah. He may have had his moments of complaining and, and all that sort of stuff, which is what humans do, mm. but he always gave it back over to God and blessed God and saying God gives and God takes away. Mm. Blessed be the name of the Lord always. So mm. it doesn't mean that we won't go through depression, anxiety, and, and some people do and some people wrestle with it for a long period of time. But I ultimately think that uh, we've been given a choice whether or not we want to um, work on our mental health and and strengthen it. Mm -hmm. I think God wants us to do that ultimately. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, and you said something very um, like a key um, that a lot of times people don't know that they have the power to come out of it. Um, I lost a, a dear friend in university. Uh, he loved the Lord, but he had schizophrenia and he committed suicide. And that I went into a depression and and other issues in my life were like intertwined in that, not just his death. Um, and I think at the beginning of depression, and especially if it's a person's first time having it, you don't realize that you have the key to come out of it. And maybe in the early days, you do need a, a short time to feel the depression and to be in bed all day. And because I think God is working in the, the, you know, that season, but you can't stay in it. And then I had gone to Spain for the summer to be an au pair, something different to the DC life of interning at the White House and all of that. Um, and I was fine. But then I started my senior year of university and then it came back. And then I took that with me to London when I was starting my master's program. And it's a lot of work to be depressed. It's a lot of work to lay in bed all day and have this mindset of I can't and you know how how it is and then it was a moment where i felt like the lord was like it needs to stop it has yeah. to stop and i got control of my mind and i fasted for all of december during the winter break and i began to i called my mom and apologized for what i had put her through and by faith i said okay god i need your help to help me and as an act of faith i'm going to fast and it began the depression to just fall off like scales, you know, Paul, how the scales fell off his eyes so he could see. And um, yeah, and it's when you stand up to say, I can't, it's been two years of this, that um, you realize you have the power, more power than you think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's well, a powerful moment. <laughs> you, you said it and, you know, for a lot of people, when they're going through the pain and the suffering, it, be, it can be blinding. It can be quite constricting. Mm -hmm. And you're right. They choose to stay stuck in the misery because misery loves comfort. Mm -hmm. It's such a comfortable place to be for a lot of people. And I know that for myself, but mm -hmm. I don't believe for a second that God wants us to stay there. Sure, we need to spend time feeling our way through it, but eventually we've got to get out of it. 
And that's what this book really, really speaks to. You know, that's what my story, I hope, speaks to ultimately is that, yes, I went through all these crazy stages of my life. And yes, I was depressed for a period of time, but that's all it was, a period of time. Mm -hmm. And then I chose when it was time for me to rise up and move forward to start soaring in my life again, because that's what I want to do. I don't believe for a second that uh, people want to suffer for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. I, I believe they want to have good times. Sure, we're going to have bad times that come along the journey of life. That is life. Mm -hmm. But in that, there is also a beautiful aspect of learning, of growing, of developing. Sure, it sucks in the moment, but when you decide to, to walk through it and get through it, get to the other side, I ultimately believe there's, there's real peace, there's fulfillment, there's joy, and there's one of the best things in life, there's strength. So that next time you go through something, uh, the, a storm comes your way, you're going to mm -hmm. get excited and you're going to be like, okay, let's, let's do this. I'm ready for it. And yeah. so that you won't go back into that period of depression or you may do, but eventually you're going to get back out. Mm -hmm. And if, if you don't, I also know, I wanted to touch on this as well, I also know that there are chemical imbalances for a lot of people and that's why I said go and yeah. see someone that is a professional. That's why it is important for that. Mm -hmm. um, and even just talking through things for people. We are emotional. We need connection with another human being, getting something off our chest. And I, I say it like this, we need to make, our mental health issues loud mm. and not silent. We should never suffer in silence. That is the worst thing anyone can ever do because you don't know what someone else is going through. Mm. And if they're suffering in silence and you don't know what's going to happen to them and yeah. God forbid that something terrible happens to them. Yeah. And I don't want that for anyone. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking enough. I mean, you know what the, the, the feeling is like losing someone you love and, and you you miss them and mm. it's, it's difficult. But don't, I say this with, with um, an empathetic heart as well, but don't ever give up. No matter what you're going through, don't ever give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't surrender. Keep on going because eventually it's going to get better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think what your story shows is that if you grew up in a, a Christian faith-filled household or maybe people of other religions who grow up in those faiths, there's no shame in needing to speak to someone because maybe your church or, I don't know, if you're Muslim, your mosque brings shame if you need to talk to somebody but yeah. it just shows that we're all human and whether it's a chemical imbalance or just, you know, if factors that happen to you in life that you haven't processed through, um, it's okay to talk to someone and say, I'm weak. <laughs> I need help. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it is super, super important, especially for Christians to not just say, oh, you need Jesus. Like that's the only thing you need. No, mm -hmm. that is part of the equation, not not the entire equation, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I think some Christians get it a little bit wrong and as a result they don't understand the full extent of what someone is going through. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're quite easily just 
palm it off to, to this side, but they really need to start focusing and listening to that person because they may want to open up, but they may feel judged and like they can't open up because you've gone in gung-ho and, and said to them, and I've been guilty of this in the past as well, so I'm speaking to myself mm-hmm. here enormously, and I've had to learn, hang on a minute, and no, no, I've got to be empathetic. This is what Christ would have done is he listened to people. Mm-hmm. He just he, he even gave them advice. He gave them wisdom from his word. Mm-hmm. doesn't say go like go pray and, and everything will be fine. It's just it's there's more to it than that. And I think that um, more Christians should be, should be aware of that and even non-Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand from the non-Christian realm not having a sense of faith and uh, looking at that from as a navigational tool and, and compass, like I know how how lost you may feel, mm-hmm. especially going through uh, a difficult time. You may feel like, what's going on? Like I've got all these things happening to me. Why shouldn't I give up? Like I've got nothing. But yeah. similarly I say to people, you've got everything to live for because you're a human being, you're alive. And yeah. that's the most important thing is life. Yeah. And don't take it for granted ever. Just because you don't have a sense of faith in your life doesn't mean you're not valuable. Um, so uh, two last questions. There in the church is different in different parts of the world. And what I mean is like I lived in Lebanon for three years and I think in these Mediterranean societies, probably Italy and Spain is the same way that you go to your family and talk about what you're going through. Your family is like your psychiatrist. You don't, they were joking with me, oh, you Americans, you go talk about your feelings to some doctor all the time, whereas they have each other. And I remember when I lived in Madrid with a family one summer, um, the sister of the house I was living in, we were having Sunday dinner and all the aunts and uncles and cousins were over. And she came in the house and she was crying that her boyfriend had broken up with her. I mean, there you've got an uncle standing here, all the cousins. It was like a room full of therapy, I guess. Um, that would never happen in the United States unless you're Italian American or something. Um, what what advice do you have for people who are coming from these kinds of cultures that either one, maybe you're as a fundamentalist type of Christianity where you don't talk about your feelings, um, Jesus can heal everything, um, or two, your whole family is your therapist and you want to go see someone, how do you advise that, you know, to say, hey, I want to. I need to see someone, a professional. This is a an interesting question, and I may not have the best answer for it, uh, and I may not be the best person to answer answer this question, but what I, I guess what I can try and say is, uh, from my perspective and my point of view, is that it's better to speak up to someone, anyone, doesn't matter what culture or ethnicity you you find yourself in it may be that you find yourself in an, in an ethnicity where you don't talk up and you may feel constricted and 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 i wish i had the answer for you in that respect but maybe it might take a little bit of courage to go step outside of that and and find someone and and speak to someone that you can that you can trust in that moment um or if it's someone that you are 
in a position where you can speak up but you just don't want to, then I implore you straight away, like go and find someone. You can find a family member. You can find a friend. You can find, uh, you don't have to go and see a therapist. Mm. I mean, you can go and see someone that you love and trust. Um, and then if you feel the need to go and see a therapist and go and see a therapist, I think mm. therapy is a wonderful thing. I, I, I want to be a therapist myself because it is something that it is needed, especially mm. in in this day and age. Uh, but for other other religions, other cultures, even uh, it is. I think it's a it's a beautiful thing being able to have a diversity of cultures and and ideas and beliefs and whatnot. But I I think everyone's got mental health. Everyone's got a brain and the the health aspect of the mind, and it should be it should be valued. It should be looked after as much as we possibly can. And and whatever your health practices look like with your culture and whatever it allows you to do, uh, I can't change your culture. I can't change your, your belief system. But what I can say is hopefully make you more aware that the mental health is super, is super important. And whatever you want to do to, to heal it or take care of it, then please look mm-hmm. after it because we don't need more people dying. We need more people living and yeah. staying alive and being alive. Jay, are you there? I'm still here, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what was that last sentence? We need more people staying alive and... Yeah, we need more people to stay alive and to live this life mm-hmm. as long as humanly possible. Yeah. Amen, for sure. And the last question is, I see Matthew McConaughey behind you. Um, How has he been like an inspiration to your life? Because when you watch him on his YouTube channel, it's like he's full of wisdom. So what do you see in him that has blessed you? I love his his stories and his life experience uh, and just being able to listen to him. He's, he's a very wise man, you, you write. And being able to learn from him is somewhat inspirational. But if I could just take an an ounce of him and live like that in my own life, in a way, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. And there'd be there'd be so many aspects of of me. I know we shouldn't compare or or do anything like that. But I think looking at his life and the way he's lived his life and how he go about how he go about um, how he go about life mm-hmm. uh, is just truly something to behold. Uh, if I can live with that level of kindness and humility, then I want to do that because uh, that is something that my grandfather taught me as well. Uh, and Matthew and I could relate on several stories when we spoke to each other. Um, and he's just a, an incredible human being. Um, and, you know, I think he's, I look up to what he's done, who he is as a person, and um, hope that I can be the kind of man that he is in the world today at some point. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Okay, so your book is out on Amazon, and it will, you said, be available in U.S. bookstores soon? Yep, September 27th, just around the corner, in fact. So whenever this drops, it... um, you can pre-order or you can go and 
you buy a copy in, in stores and the shelves, Barnes and Noble, you name it, all those all those great stores. So um yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well thank you for taking the time to chat. No, you're more than welcome, Ali. Thank you for the questions. You got me on one of them. So hopefully <laughs> I answered them all all wisely at least <laughs> for sure i think uh, you, you answered it as well as with with like sensitivity that you know every culture is different and just the key is just to speak up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and that you have found a soulful connection to the conversation god bless you and until the next episode go bless somebody else